Welcome to the 70th episode of the Final Corner Podcast. We're going to be discussing the Monaco Grand Prix this week. It was actually entertaining for once, so I'm I'm feeling a lot beat. All positive going into Spain. Everything's going great in the world. <laughs> Monaco was exciting-ish. So, Tom, Nick, you enjoy it? Yeah, very much so for a Monaco. It's great. I mean, qualifying was spectacular. Mm. And I thought, well, that's it. Don't need to watch the race live then. <laughs> You could have skipped Turns out the I... first 47 laps of the race. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, Logan Sargent was falling back a bit. At least that was interesting, I suppose. Yes. But one of the best Q3s in a long time. Mm. Yeah, it was... Uh... Well, I always make a point of watching the qualifying live at Monaco and it did not disappoint that decision this time. Mm. So we got off to a, a poor start in qualifying as uh, Sergio Perez... Chucked it into Sandoval and uh, had no hope in hell of making that corner. <laughs> so he, he got things off to a great start by completely smashing his car. Yes. He did say, uh, I, I think I just lost the rear, otherwise I would have been okay. And it's like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> he looked way too quick into that corner. Yeah, it was nowhere near, was it? No. If you had the virtual line on, it would have been very, very red by the time he had hit yeah. the brakes. <laughs> So he was out, which kind of opened up qualifying a little bit. So a chance really for someone else to get in the front row. Story Q1 and Q2 was really Lewis Hamilton trying to squeeze through. He always looked like he was on the verge of losing it. And uh, he managed to get through with the, the new upgraded Mercedes. That I'm sure Tom's excited about all those new side pods and upgrades they brought to it. It was a significant change, I'll give them that. But the result on the track wasn't a significant <laughs> change, was it? Not particularly, but we'll find out more this week in Spain. Yeah, but, I think that's going to be the big test, isn't it? Hmm. So he got himself into Q3 with Russell, managed to qualify ahead of his teammate, and up front it was a real exciting fight for Paul. Esteban Ocon came out of nowhere and suddenly was fastest. And then the old man, uh, Fernando Alonso, put his car on Paul. Before Max Verstappen, the last car across the line, decided to bash it off every single wall on the track, and uh, somehow that's that makes you quicker. So he manages to snatch ball right at the end away from Fernando. Sorry, I don't want to take much anything away from Verstappen because I thought the the final sector was mighty because he, yes, he was bashing off the walls, but it was calculated, let's say, to a degree. It wasn't like a Perez. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. smashing it off the wall. He was like. You know, scraping off the advertising banners, uh, and trying uh, coming out of the final corner, is trying so hard to keep the wheel as straight as possible to get as much traction as possible. He even brushes the wall, and it's like, oh, that's that's kind of perfection. Mm. And it was exciting to watch as well, wasn't it? Because it was slower than Alonso in the first two sectors. Yeah, two two tenths down. It, the way it, mm-hmm. yeah, so magical, really. It was. I was watching it, just thinking. Oh, for God's sake, Max on pole again. But at the same time, I was just like, but he bloody deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Like, two tenths out of the final sector at Monaco is special. Yeah. Now, we went on to see in the race that he just sort of disappeared from everybody. So, clearly the whole car and the setup and the driver was all at one. Mm-hmm. But it still takes a lot, especially to be two tenths down and fight back. I admire the mental resolve. Even if there's quite a bit of hubris there, it's kind of deserved in this interesting mm-hmm. instance. There was a fan cam footage of the the chicane after the swimming pool, um, just showing oh, yeah. cars going through there, and every other car that touches the inside curb 
is sliding or bouncing or struggling to regain traction and exit and the Red Bull just drives straight across it with absolutely nothing. Mm, yeah. So that's where he made up his time. I don't know if you've seen the, the ESPN graphic that they did where they, they did a virtual like overlay of both laps so it got cars going around and you can see that's where he makes up a huge chunk of the gap. It's just through there. It right. can carry so much speed because mm. the suspension can just take the bump. Whereas everyone else is having to really slow and try and actually go around it where he can attack. Right, interesting. I didn't see that graphic, but I did see the fan footage on Twitter. I thought that was fascinating. And also, when Perez crashed, everybody, including me, unfortunately, fell into the trap of tweeting about, oh, quick, get a picture of that underside of the Red Bull. Uh, that is important, but the, sus- the, the behaviour of the bumps proves that it's the whole thing, isn't it? The suspension oh, yeah. is deeply related to how you... You know, lay out the car with the aero, and it clearly works there. But if you want, you can buy a jigsaw puzzle of the underside of Sergio Perez's Red Bull from Mudspot Images for twenty nine ninety nine. So <laughs> we should get Toto Wolf that for Christmas. <laughs> I imagine he's got several already. <laughs> the uh, the the Monaco Marshals are real, trying to help all the teams by training every crash car one hundred and sixty feet in the air, so everyone could get a yeah. good look. Really high, wasn't it? <laughs> every car that crashed is like, let's put it up way up there, so everyone can see. So we got a nice look underside. I think the front three cars this weekend. Also worth noting in qualifying, I think just quickly that Leclerc was in that fight, wasn't he? Less than a tenth. Oh time. yeah. Mm. So it was three people fighting, which was fantastic. But then obviously Leclerc got blocked Norris quite badly in the tunnel. So he was shuffled down. Yeah. Yep, that'll do us for qualifying then. The only other thing I wanted to point out is that Lance Stroll was terrible. Because then his teammate is oh, second. Is worth pointing he out. was utter garbage. Is that qualifying or the race? Uh, just in general. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Yeah, 14th though on the grid, not good enough when Fernando's second, right? If he were on a Red Bull right now, then he would be the second driver getting changed at the halfway point of the season. <laughs> also, can you imagine if Lando Norris was in the Aston Martin? Yeah, mm. or someone like that. Oh, yeah. you, you know that that seat is never going to be switched. It's a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's just when Fernando's putting on the podium every single week, it's starting to show him up. Well, will Honda coming in make a change there? Also, to bring on a bit of the news Ooh. that Honda are going to be supplying Aston Martin in twenty twenty six, but. Will they have some of it, a bit of the say in the driver's selection? Yuki Sonoda. Kobayashi. <laughs> Kobayashi. Oh, yeah, that'll be a better one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bring them back. So, yes, that was the news. Big news at the weekend. So, Mercedes are losing their customer like they wanted a year ago. That's probably why uh, Williams are still sticking with Mercedes. Mm. I knew that Aston were going to be leaving them. So, well, we're going to the race then. And it's as you were at the start. Hamilton, I thought, could have probably got signs, but he was a wee bit cautious. And then um, Nico Hulkenberg wasn't cautious going down to <laughs> Mirabeau, it was. Yeah. yeah. He just sends up inside and hits Logan Sargent and cops a back of stroll as well. Which uh, but was I thought ambitious. It was play on. I, it was ambitious and it was daft and it was stupid, but. I, I don't know. I wasn't sure about the five-second penalty. Yeah. I, Am I alone in that? I, I think probably? so. I think it was a fair penalty, personally. Right, um, fair enough. I'm not even sure he was trying to overtake, to be honest. I, 
I thought it might be one no. of those where it's just like, um, I've got to die for the inside because I'm not going to make the corner. <laughs> Very true. Front wheels both locked up, wasn't it? Yeah. So there was no control there. Very true. But then Lance Stroll compounds the issue by trying to go for a gap at the hairpin that doesn't exist. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he, he smashes his car and, well, he, he says he's got puncture, but he doesn't. He continues. Yeah. There's other cars involved that have to pit, like Joe and everyone. Start that one because they've all picked up damage at that hairpin, which just came to a complete mm. standstill. Um, well, it was Albon that kind of stopped. I thought that was yeah. weird. That's what I was going to mention. It, it did just seem, I don't know if he was backing them up or he had a slight issue, but yeah, he almost stopped on the exit of the hairpin, then went. It felt like to me, and I've not seen the onboard, you know, as if he's downshifted one too many times and got a neutral and then gone, ah, oh, yeah, damn it, I need first. They just sort of stopped and that really, like, everyone just bumper card off each other, didn't they? Like, mm. at the fairground. Dodgems, <laughs> yes. The analogy didn't quite work with the missing word. No, but so at the start you've got Verstappen on mediums where um, Fernando was on hards. At the back, Perez pits on lap one, gets rid of the medium tires and puts on hard tires. And that's really it till about thirty odd laps or something when suddenly um, <laughs> the American boy sergeant he starts just going backwards. He gets mugged at Maribel by, I think it was Magnussen, and that just causes a massive chain reaction where everyone gets past him. Yeah. It was a lovely move by Kevin, though. That was a really nice move. That's how you overtake into mm-hmm. that corner. Nico. <laughs> yes. Um, which I then thought it was well done for Sergeant for actually recognising it and not getting hit again. But then the rest of the lap, it's like, ah, uh, no, he's just pretty much letting everyone through at this point. It was weird, it's like he'd lost confidence to, tr- to drive in halfway through a race. I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe I mean, his tyres been... were yeah, dead. Exactly, that's what it is, but it just didn't look good, did it? Also, then, isn't that backing up, isn't Perez catching cars already, even though he's already pitting? Mm-hmm. So that, even despite what goes on later on, that kind of was a detriment oh, yeah. to his strategy anyway at that point. Yeah, I did notice that um, Perez was 26 seconds behind when he came out of the pits, um, and he caught straight up to Stroll. And as soon right. as he got behind Stroll, after a few more laps, he was 46 seconds behind. Oh, from the lead? Wow. From, from the lead, sorry, yeah. Um, so he was just gone at that point. Yeah, you can't do anything there. Sainz was terrible. Oh, yes. Mm. He was behind Ocon. That move on Ocon. Ocon. It was never happening down into whatever that chicane's called. Nouvelle. 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 Oh. It's just, does it mean new? <laughs> yes, the new chicane. It yeah. must have been named you know, since 1886. No, in the 50s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, but that was never happening. And uh, he hits, they hit the back of Oakland, didn't they? And broke off a bit of his front wing. Oh, yeah. Which went flying. And um, Haas, we were probably a bit raging about that. But he... I was just going to say mm-hmm. that same thing. So he was... But because it was removed, that's not a yeah. black and white flag, but it Probably could have been one earlier, maybe, than it was handed out. I don't know. Uh, the black and white flag was for driving standards. Oh, sorry. I meant the meatball flag. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, that's the one. But yeah, because it came off, like you said, it came off within half a lap, I think. Hamilton drove over it. Mm. Yes, and Leclerc, possibly. Mm. It wasn't clear from the shot. But it was a half-baked move, wasn't it, from far back? <laughs> it wasn't even half-baked. It just wasn't even close <laughs> to being ready. Straight out of my playbook. <laughs> so mm. he was 
yeah, he wasn't good at all this weekend. And then he ends up, he's a lead Ferrari, but he ends up pitting first because um, Hamilton pits earlier and are trying to cover him off from the undercut, which he's not happy about. He's more concerned about Ocon in front than Hamilton behind, but pit stop kind of knocks him out of sync. Um, the leaders don't pit, but then we end up getting up to lap 50-something when then the rain starts to hit. It only hits in mm-hmm. Sector 2, really, to begin with. Yeah. So the drivers are yeah. fine the first two sectors, in the, or Sector 3 and 1, but then coming down to Mirabeau, they're just on skate. Very strange, that. It's it's almost like a, that's the sort of thing you expect at the Nürburgring Nordschli for during the 24-hour, right? Because the track's so long. Yeah. But yeah, the track's so short and close together. Uh, it's very strange to see that. Uh, you know, it's almost like Bernie turned on the sprinklers in uh, two corners. <laughs> Well, this this is the point where I stopped fucking through the thirty second intervals on uh, Virgin Media because I was I was out so I was watching the race back later. So for for about mm. thirty laps, I was just thirty seconds forward, 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 forward. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden, oh, rain! And I think we see signs goes into the wall. He goes in sideways. At Mirabeau, yeah, that was very fortunate yeah. to survive that. I thought. Mm. Stroll goes down the escape road. Uh, Russell then follows him. Russell reverses out and then drives in front of Perez and in a, in a, in a trademark. <laughs> we're both lucky to continue. Yes, and a tra- trademark yes. Gill rejoin, which you would you wouldn't bit. expect at uh, Monaco. <laughs> the one runoff area there is someone managed to do a rejoin like that in it. So he gets a five second penalty. And Perez is in the pits. I think three times. I think he even goes on extreme wets at one point. Yeah, I think he did five pit stops in the end. Disastrous weekend. Wow. Just terrific. Um, there's a few... Before it rains, doesn't he drive into the back of Magnussen as well? Oh, yes. That damages yep. his wing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Magnussen then decides to uh, think, well, it's peeing down with rain. I don't think I'll bother with the wet tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, keeps going and going and that. going. Yeah. So even if it was drying out at that point, it would still take several laps to do it because it's so wet on the track. Yeah. So, yeah, when they decided ultimately to cut their losses, well, they couldn't even do that. He's gone straight on at Raskas before, trying to get into the pit lane. Yeah, and, and that was like three up. laps after everyone else had pitted. I know, yeah. <laughs> I understand that they've got nothing to lose and at Monaco that's how you get some crazy result. But he'd already lost so much time at that point. He'd lost more than a pit stop. Yeah. So... Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But even yeah. if you were going for that stupid strategy, a lap earlier pitting would have been better. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious so, to say that, sorry. <laughs> so Aston then pits Stroll. Stroll goes on to the immediate tyres and then proceeds to hit every single barrier he possibly can. So he crashes, I think, at Mirabeau and breaks his front wing, or is it the hairpin and breaks his front wing? Hairpin, yeah. And then it yeah. goes under the wheel, so it can't turn, so it then hits the the other barrier on our side, which knocks off the, the front wing, and means he can drive on. And then at some point, Tom's pointed out, it just gives up and goes home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks like, to me, with a radio message says, oh, something's broke, I can't turn, but that sounds like that's when the front wing is under the wheel. And I'm not entirely sure, we don't know, but pure hypothetical for me is that 
ah, no, I'm not going to crash again. Because he's already gone off at Mirabeau as well, when Russell was. We didn't see a replay, but he's driving, driven down there. He's already had the contact at the hairpin on lap one. He's already qualified down there. Yeah, he's got the money. He's not going to lose the drive. He's, he's packed. He's pulled it over like Damon mm. Hill did at the Nürburgring in 99. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would not way. surprise me if, if that was true. I mean, in the post-race interview, he just said, on to Spain, which, you know, he didn't say, <laughs> oh, the, this steering arm broke or anything like this. It's <laughs> like, I'm away home. So then we get the drama or, or possible drama at the front where Aston are pitied strolling to intermediate tyres and then for some bizarre reason, a couple laps later, decide to put Alonso onto a new set of dry tyres when the rain is becoming torrential. So he does a lap on dry tyres, barely makes it round and then has to pit again for inters. And comes out behind Verstappen, who has been bounced off the wall on his dry tyres before he goes into errors. But if Alonso had went straight on enters, he would have come out ahead because he had the chance to undercut Verstappen. But instead, Aston decided that a lap on hard tyres or medium tyres was the way to go first. And the reason apparently was they didn't expect terrain to continue. Yeah, it's um, unfortunate because... Everyone else did. Yeah, but they they pitted a lap before. You see, what I mean, they brought Alonso in one lap before everyone else changed to winters. Yeah, but they only had stroll um, out, which surely if they're putting stroll well, yeah, in there, it would have thought it must be raining. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't considered that one, but uh, part of me was pleased they did it because I thought if they take a gamble, it stops raining. This will be a good thing, and then it became clear almost instantly that it was a terrible decision. Yeah, I, I think couldn't believe going it. Going back to Magnussen, we're saying hindsight's a wonderful thing, but even when I was watching it live, I was like, what? I don't understand it. Because I think uh, when Alonso pitied, you'd already seen people going off. Yeah, people were already spinning off and people were already on inters. So it's one of life's great, great mysteries, you know? Even Derek <laughs> Okora couldn't explain that one. It's weird. <laughs> You'll struggle to get a hold of him these days. <laughs> Um, his spirit is with us oh. <laughs> well, yeah we'll need we'll need his replacement to get in contact well, anyway uh, where were we oh Alonso yeah so <laughs> so he ends up finishing almost 30 seconds behind Verstappen but if you, if people have looked at the timings and if he had went straight on the enters rather than doing the daft lap it would have been ahead and then he would have a straight shoot out for the for the win with Alonso in front which would have been exciting Mm. Fortunately, we didn't get there and it ended up Verstappen, Alonso, and Ocon kept his third place. Brilliant drive. Didn't see mistakes from him. Got it home in third. Hamilton was closing in at the end but couldn't make a move. And then Russell kept asking to get past Hamilton because he had a five second penalty. <laughs> He's like, I'll, I'll let me go and have a shot at Ocon. And then, like, I promise, you know, I won't go five seconds ahead of Hackworth. Uh, yeah, I think he, he tried quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, it was like every corner, like Toto, please let me do it. And then is that uh, why we heard Toto on the radio at the end to calm him down? Possibly, I think so. But ended up finishing seventeen seconds behind Hamilton, so it was not like mm-hmm. it was close. But he managed to keep fifth. I think he was looking at the time, and he was yeah, yeah, like yeah. ten seconds ahead of Leclerc, so he managed to keep fifth. Yeah. 
but he clearly didn't have the pace. He did at that exact point. He was right on Hamilton's wing, but straight afterwards, he then just started falling back. But that's happened a few times this season where he's been behind Hamilton, like, what have we passed? And then the lap later, Hamilton just flies away because he's cool. He's cool. We're not going yeah. flat out. And so it's been a few times this year, George has tried that and it's just, it's not worked for him. Yeah, a bit of a tumultuous race for George, especially with that dangerous rejoin. That was dodgy. It was. It, but the point was made, though, that where you are in the car and everything else, you can't see anything coming. But then if you can't see, don't just pull out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or radio in or something nice. Yeah, or if you have to pull out, pull out to the left. a little bit, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he went straight f- for the apex, didn't he? <laughs> Which was... Yeah, that, that was a big mistake, I thought. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Also, worth noting, if I could just interject a bit, that when sights went off, he he was so angry on the radio through this race, wasn't it? It was very uncharacteristic for yeah. Sainz Jr. Exactly what I was talking about. Because, yeah, like you said there, the team was covering off Hamilton, but he's racing Ocon. I did think that was a very strange strategic move from Ferrari again. It shows another frailty within their system, I think. So Fred needs to get on that. But when he went off, he lost position to Leclerc. Even though Leclerc, the Nouvelle Chicane, did the very best at one point to almost give it back to him. Mm-hmm. by hitting the curb and going sideways. Um, and that meant mm-hmm. that Leclerc, they had to double stack when the rain tyres came out, and that's why Science was down in eight. Yeah. Did you see Mercedes double stack? There's a fan footage of it, and George's right oh. rear is slow. So basically, oh, no, just managed to get him out of where Lewis is coming on the pit lane. So they managed to just make it work, because the rear right wasn't even off by the time all the rest of the tyres were finished. So, Mercedes mm. got away with one now. I did not see that. Who I saw that, that Oc- Ocon had a slow stop at one point, and we thought, oh, yeah. what a great drive down the toilet. But the undercut was powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On science. Yeah. I, I just thought Ocon was, well, Verstappen's driver of the day. Although Verstappen hit the wall a couple of times, actually, and was lucky to get away with it. Whereas... I don't yeah. think Ocon did. I don't think Ocon made no, a mistake. Relative to their cars, I think Ocon had the better drive. Yeah. He smashed it in qualifying. Fourth quickest. Mm-hmm. Got to be in it to win it. Gets the third. And he just held off everybody that came at him. Mm. Now, what I would say is that if George didn't go off, he probably would have been in third. He was uh, certainly yeah. third on the road, yeah, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what happened is... Uh, Russell and Verstappen were they the only ones to make it one stop in that race, and it was from slicks to inters. I believe so. I believe so. So Russell jumped a pit stop on the field, and he was up in third, uh, for fleetingly for three corners or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But double points for Alpine and double points for McLaren as well. Mm. And a good weekend. Piastri, uh... solid race. Yeah, I think Piastri's going on quite nicely for a rookie, to be honest. I think it's a bit awkward that they had the triple crown livery, but they had no chance of... I know they've done it in the past, but this was yeah. never going to be something they could replicate this weekend. I don't think it was a good livery either, to be honest. No. I, I liked the idea of it, but it looked very... Um, I don't know how to describe it, like junior formula. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It just... Didn't seem to work for me. And I think they've got it for the next race as well. Yeah. Yeah. Something in the back of my mind says it is more than Monaco, maybe, but we'll see. Because the next race is like 
within seven days, isn't it? So it's two this weekend, yeah, schedule. Spain. Mm-hmm. So that means that Max Verstappen's won the World Championship uh, because Perez didn't score. <laughs> we have to say, in this weekend, deserved because of his amazing qualifying performance yeah. and yeah. race pace and Perez doing the exact opposite. Which, we should mention, he also smacked the wall again, didn't he? Down the uh, swimming pool. Yes. He's, really he did, badly he towards the end. He was lucky yeah. there. Yeah, um, I thought that was race over. The, the annoying part for me with F1 coverage generally, but especially this weekend, is that incidents happen, you see the yellow flag warning on the screen, and they never cut the live camera to it. Uh, yeah. They always wait a um, couple of laps and then show you the replay. Mm-hmm. Now, I can understand that if there's a massive crash and somebody might be dead. Right, I get that. But, like, people going at 20 miles an hour into the wall at, uh, at Monaco, mm-hmm. like, cut the live feed to it. I want to see. There's a, there's a yellow sector. I can see Stroll's car stopped before the, before the <laughs> tunnel. He's been stopped there for a minute and a half on the driver tracker. Show me why he stopped. But, but, but the, the, we could be watching Yuki Sonoda live and we always want to see that. Oh, with his radio oh, yes. comments. No, no, that was quality, that was. He <laughs> <laughs> was super slow, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. At first, I thought it was a bit petulant. Yeah. Him saying, I know, but the brake sucks. Um, but then as it turned out a few laps later, his brakes were completely gone. That's why he was letting everyone pass. But I should have to and he went off as well, didn't give he? him some advice as to how to fix it. And he's like, are you trying to crash me? <laughs> <laughs> They're actually trying to do the opposite. You... Yeah. It could have been reference to the fact that the instruction was complicated. I don't know. Yeah. Or where he was on track at the point yeah, of the radio exactly. message. I don't know. Yeah. Always good value of Yuki, but not a good race for him in the end. No. no. But he was really good in qualifying. He was, yeah. Really good. It was worth a shout out there. And, and also in qualifying, it was fascinating to watch Norris cut the wall and the team managed to repair it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was very well done. Yeah, and also um, the track evolution. Because people were, were... Was it Albon quickest at one point? And you're thinking, what? I think was it... In- uh, yeah, in Q1, Joe uh, was quickest just before yeah. Perez went off. And he then qualified... Last, apart from Perez? Yeah, so it was all about timing. You had to be last because the track was evolving so quick. Yeah. But it, it led for some really crazy uh, results at certain times in qualifying, which mm-hmm. I'm personally, now I've seen the sprint qualifying timing and format, I prefer that because it's just a bit more snappy. But this, yeah. because of this track and this location and the fact that there were some crazy times going on there, it was fine this time around. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what messed up the Hasses because... They did like one run in the first qualifying session, sort of five minutes from the end. Yeah, they were out. Uh, yeah, so so they you know they were out there when the track was quickest. Yeah, and they were comfortably slowest of the combined times of all the teams. Mm, yeah. Wow. I've, at the end of the podcast, come back to qualifying. Apologies, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm not editing order around. People can hear the cues. No, no. <laughs> oh yeah. So there was one other thing I found interesting before we finish. Did you hear what they said about um, Sergeant? No. When. He came in at one point and put softs on. Oh yeah, he did, didn't um, he? Earlier in the race, and they said because he had no hard tires left, they decided to use the time before it potentially rained to put him on softs and teach him how to cope with graining tires. Wow, that's weird. Uh, this was a TED observation, so it could be completely wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if it if that's correct, uh, I thought that's quite an interesting thing to attempt during a race I don't know if that's a never, good idea or not never heard of that I mean 
could you argue it's a bit dangerous? That's what I think, uh, Monaco in particular. Mm. But he didn't end up being on them for that long because then the rain turned up. True. Mad that they'd run through their allocation of tyres, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, championship update. And Mercedes are now, I think, a point behind Aston Martin. Showing yeah, this how, is because but, Stroll. Because yeah. Stroll's got 27 points, whereas Fernando's got 93. Yeah. Whoa. It's uh, quite substantial, that gap. Sainz is ahead of Leclerc, and Hamilton's 19 ahead of Russell at this point. There's a, there's a gap at the top now of 39 points between Perez and Verstappen, which optimistic to say it'll be overturned. Mm-hmm. Alonso was talking about his championship chances at the weekend after the race. Really? He was saying that people in 2012 wrote me off because Red Bull were quicker and people in 2013 wrote me off because of Red Bull and I was still in the fight but it came in the last race. Yeah, but it's the distance, it's the gap. Yeah, the gap's huge. Yeah, and he had a winning car then. Yes. Not necessarily winning every race, Mm. um, but this time he has a podium car, not a winning car. And he's 50 or is it 51 points behind now. So, he's quite a long way back. But Aston's mm-hmm. new upgrades that are coming are apparently going to make a big jump forward. So yeah, uh, he could do. I've got, I've got that to look forward to after the, after Spain. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've had time to copy that Red Bull floor. <laughs> if you're just copying, you're never going to be quicker. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> so, it would be interesting, actually, that they are now going to no longer be using... The Mercedes drivetrain gearbox mm. rear suspension from 26, that is. Um, so they're going to have to design all that themselves. Yeah. Yep. Red Bull were raging at the weekend because they said if they knew that Honda were going to come back, they wouldn't have bothered setting up their own engine department. Well, yeah, of course they said that. Honda dropped out. So you had to, they had to act at that point. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. But Honda's had a change of heart is pretty wild. And to go with Aston Martin is radical, really. You know, two. Yeah. Road car companies teaming up that I even, you know, they don't even own a percentage of each other or anything. No, no, so we've got Porsche, I think, still talking about. Uh, Audi. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, Porsche considering it, but they can't seem to find a way into the sport somehow. No, I don't know. So we've got the rumoured Andretti link up as well, possibly coming. Might be with yeah, the that's... Caddy engine or something. General Motors slash Cadillac, although apparently mm. it would just be a rebadged Renault engine. Ah, because the Ford engine that's coming in as well is just rebadged Red Bull own brand, isn't it? It is, although they are collaborating on it because it it will be a new engine, so there is some input from Ford. Oh, okay, not very much. Oh yeah, one one engineer sends some emails. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Some bloke from Chelmsford. (laughs) (laughs) Did anyone watch Indy Five Hundred before we finish up? I watched the highlights. Did you watch it? I watched the last. uh, 20 laps, which took about four hours. Wild, that wasn't it, though? <laughs> yeah, so Marcus Edson loses to Joseph Newgarden on the last lap. Yeah. What did you think Marcus of the battle award? Marcus Edson move. What did you think of that? Uh, yeah, it was on the limit, wasn't it? But I'm not. Uh, I don't have too many opinions. What do you think? To be honest, I don't watch IndyCar enough to know what's right and wrong. If it was F1, uh, it didn't leave enough room. If it's yeah, IndyCar, IndyCar more lenient. Yeah. IndyCar was basically saying that's Pat Ward's fault for basically not committing enough. And Pat Ward said in his interview afterwards, I know next time I'm taking him with me. 
which is a, <laughs> a completely different attitude to F1 drivers. So. America's just different. It, like, I know it's a different sport again, but NASCAR's so open. But IndyCar is more lenient with stuff. Going on to that final lap showdown, you know, that Ericsson is driving in the pit lane mm. to break the toe, and that's perfectly allowed. You think about it, they're going there 200 and odd miles an hour, and the pit wall's there. You misjudge that, I'll get a puncher, and that's instant death. Yeah. And it's, it's still, you know, fine to do that, and weaving down the straight and everything like this. So, so many red flags have rules, towards but... the end. It was ridiculous. Like, did, you see, the... did you see the tyre breaking off the car and that was scary. crowd when Kirkwood went upside down? Yeah, that was awful. Luckily, it cleared the stand and it hit someone's beautiful white car. <laughs> a Chevrolet Cruze that went by the name of Snowball. <laughs> that was Snowball's dead. So, so Snowball is dead, yeah. Bring on Snowball 2, yes. which is a Simpsons reference for anyone. Yes. You've seen the, the Simpsons clip going round this past couple of days as well of Lenny trying to catch the tyre when he's at a speedway race. Oh, I've not seen it. <laughs> no. it, was a, it was an R Simpsons reference, which, uh, which tied in with this one. So, but uh, pure luck that people, spectators didn't die then. Yep. No, that was... Again, I've got wheel tailors, so I've got big catch pheasants. I need to have a look at that, because that was... IndyCar said today that the wheel tether didn't fail. I'm not sure how that works. Well, how did how did the wheel tether not... F- Surely at some point, <laughs> the wheel tether is disconnected from the car. So, yep. even if the yeah. wheel tether itself hasn't failed, something's failed. <laughs> yeah. It's not just happened on its own. So yeah, Indies. We can laugh because there was no injuries, but yeah, we, exactly it was on the edge. But it's not it's not a race I'm watching the full thing of. <laughs> so just catch. No, I, I didn't didn't catch it at all. Yeah, so that was that was fun at the weekend. Right on to Spain this weekend, my least favorite track of the year, but it is different. The final, um, yes, the final sector has been converted back to its old thing to us in six specs, so we've not got the stupid chicane at the end. It's now just a fast right hander and a fast right hander onto the straight. Whether that closes anyone up or not, it's going to make precisely zero difference in my mm. opinion. It was good in the old days to have that there when they had a bit less downforce and it was a little bit iffy. It wasn't quite full throttle to go through there. Um, now I just think everyone's going to be flat out around the whole bit. Yeah, cost down. The DRS is huge. Oh, God, yeah. It's right at the start of the straight, all the way to the end. It's massive. And as you say, I think there is rain and air at the weekend, isn't there? Oh, that could make it interesting. Yeah, it's been a while since there's a wet Spain race. I watched the highlights of the F1 Academy racing around there with that layout recently. Hmm. And that, that tricky little chicane was not an overtaking opportunity, but neither are these two corners, so the net result was no, no different, I don't think. But you're right, I think maybe the huge DRS zone, well, it'll mean if someone has a bad qualifying, they're just going to zap past through in five laps, and mm-hmm. that's the end of it. I don't know. We shall see. But open-minded, but sceptical. <laughs> yeah, Open-minded, but half-closed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Sunday is forecast for 50% chance of rain, 70% chance of rain. So Sunday at the moment is going to be wet. Catalonia. Quite fun. So that'll be good. We're all excited. And we'll be back next week with that. Uh, Touring Cars, I think it's back this weekend as well, isn't it? From Fruxton. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is. Josh could win. <laughs> no, not going to win a thing. No. <laughs> Unless he straps his car to the back of Ashton and he's not got a chance. <laughs> uh, 
so that'll be next week. We'll have a double episode next week for you with those two events. Tom, Nick, any more for you guys? No, that was it. No, that's it. Just Indy 500, but we covered it. That was a brief look back at the weekend's action. Tom can now go to the cinema. And uh, <laughs> Nick can get back to whatever he does with his evenings. We don't, we don't, not, not. We don't inquire. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave him to it. So, thank you all for day one. If you enjoy, subscribe, which many of you are now doing, which we appreciate. And uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. I was going to say something and I forgot what it was, but bye. <laughs>